Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 45 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversation based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Lou Schwalbach, and with me, as always, is Chad Knight. Hey, how's it going today? This week, we're going to go back to the single word in the title like we've done in the past. What's the word? Here's a hint for you. It's filled with terrible wailing souls, it's burning hot, and people are sent there to be tortured for all eternity. Phoenix! I was going to say, no, it's not Phoenix, it's not Florida, but rather, good old, bad old, H-E double hockey sticks. Remember back in the day when you couldn't say hell, but... Yeah, yeah. That's right, we're going to hell. And we're going to talk about it, too. Everyone has their own idea of what hell is like, their own personal hell, per se. Most people agree on a few things, such as it's a dark and evil place, demons and devils play, tormenting people, the wicked are there, etc., blah, blah, blah. In are short, you sure this is hell and not one of my role-playing games? <laughs> well, it depends which one you're running, I suppose. Now, in short, it's the bad place. Now, we're planning on talking about a couple songs that have just a little bit of hell in the title in some way, shape, or form. So chalk out your pentagram and put on some backward Zeppelin while we get this show started. How you doing tonight, sir? I am doing fine. That was an interesting uh, intro. I like to say that I like to. I want to keep their listeners riveted. Riveted, like to a wall in hell. That could be somebody's punishment, I suppose. So now we're doing hell songs, but we're doing good hell songs. Yeah, we're not doing so- like hell songs. Is like what the hell am I listening to? Well, there are a couple of those. Well, if you pick bad songs, that's no, your, no, that's on you. No, unfortunately, it's on your list. But, you know, that's that's the nice thing about what we do is we each have our own tastes and our own likes, and sometimes they do not mesh, and that's... And other times you find out that you like something that you didn't know you'd heard before. Right. Or, actually, there's a few songs on your list that I had never heard before that I really enjoyed. Case so. in point. All right. So, let's first of all get started with doing our new segment, and that is Liquored Up. Hey, we're going to name it. I like that. All right. So they're calling it Liquored Up. All righty. So we got Liquored Up. This week I brought Hell's Half Mile. It's a German-style Hell's Lager by Tri-City Brewing Company in Bay City, Michigan. Uh, it's got a good scent to it. Um, it's 12 ounces. It's mm-hmm. a Munich style, whatever that means. Yeah, we're not, we're not hoity-toity enough to really understand that. It's a pale golden color, apparently, but in a brown bottle, who the hell can tell? You can, because you can see right through the brown bottle. So it's not like that chewy dark beer stuff. No, this ought to be... It smells really happy to me. Right, let's give it a run. All right. It's definitely got the hop bite. Mm-hmm. It's a little bitter. Yeah. This Ooh, is not an IPA. Kind of tastes like one, though. But... Yeah, it's definitely got the IPA feel to it. It says it's a pale golden lager, but with a creamy white head, an appealing grainy aroma with a slightly sweet multi flavor provides a full-bodied beer that is clean and refreshing. I'm going to disagree with a lot of those phrases. I wouldn't say refreshing. This is this is this is sitting on the back of my tongue. It will not leave. It's like throwing up and not brushing your teeth. Unlike it's it's like it's unlike a lot of the beers we drink where. It might have a sharp bite in the beginning, but then as it sits on your tongue, it mellows out and you kind of get a, a nice flavor out of it. Well, this sticks with you. This does not have a bad front end, but the back end is just sitting on my tongue and it is it is bitter and sour. And you like sour. I do like but sour, this but is this not, is this no. is not... I, I think this may be the first beer that I don't think either of us would recommend. Not really. Um, I have a feeling this is going to turn into a boiling brats beer. I was going to say, you bought a sixer of this, didn't you? I did, and I also have a ten-pack of brats. So guess what we're having for dinner one of these days? Hey! Hells yeah, we're all winning. So, thumbs up, thumbs down? I'm going to say a thumbs down on this one. I'm going to say thumbs down also. So, hey, new rating system and everything, too. And there we go. We're going to start calling it Liquored Up. We're going to have a thumbs up, a thumbs down, and a bar. If, if you can't really make up your mind, we'll call it the bar. All right. Next thing we do, and this one we've been doing for a while, and that's going to be the trivia question. Uh, let me have another drink of beer. <laughs> you actually probably are going to know this one. You've said that before, and you were wrong. Uh, okay, so I'm whatever on that, but at the same time, I think you might actually get this one. So, Jack Black and Kyle Gass 
had a rock battle against Satan in the Tenacious D movie. Who played Old Scratch? Ooh, I do know that. I figured you would. So we're going to wait until the end. I'm going to read it one more time, and that's Jack Black and Kyle Gass had a rock battle against Satan in the Tenacious D movie. Was it Pick a Destiny, I think? Yep. And who played the devil? Yep. So that is the question, and then we're going to go ahead and, because I read into this one, you're going to get to start. Okay, sounds good. So I'm going to kick off with that classic, iconic hell song, Milos Bad Out of Hell. All right. It's a song written by Jim Steinman for the 1977 album Bad Out of Hell and performed by Meatloaf. The man, not the dinner. But both are awesome. awesome. Yeah. It was released as a single in 1979 and again in 1993. Many of the musicians who performed on the track were members of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band and Todd Rundgren's Utopia. The song has become the traditional last song of the Meatloaf performs on all his live concert shows. See if you go like a bat out of hell into this clip. The song was inspired by teenage tragedy songs such as Leader of the Pack and Tell Laura I Love Her. The later being the first single Jim Steinman had ever bought. Steinman wanted to write the most extreme crash song of all time. There's something so thrilling to me about the operatic narrative that involves a cataclysmic event, especially one so perfectly in tune with a teenager's world and rock and roll as a car or motorcycle crash. According to Meatloaf, the song is, quote, constructed from, unquote, a shot near the beginning of of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, in which the viewer looks down the valley and sees the lights of the city. He says all the clients in the Bates Motel, quote, wish they would have left like a bat out of hell. It had nothing to do, believe it or not, with Bruce Springsteen. It had to do with Alfred Hitchcock and Psycho. Michael Lee Aday, better known by his stage name, Meatloaf, is an American musician, singer, songwriter, record producer, and actor. His Bad Out of Hell trilogy of albums, consisting of Bad Out of Hell, Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, and Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose, has sold more than 50 million copies worldwide. Almost 40 years after its release, Bad Out of Hell still sells an estimated 200,000 copies annually and stayed on the charts for over nine years, making it one of the best-selling albums in history. So the opening guitar lick and piano that's played at a frenzied pace lets you know what you're in store for. High energy music. So this is standard music coming out at the time for the Loaf. I mean, this was what he did. I like a lot of his opera rock music, and this is no different. The song runs a whopping 9 minutes and 54 seconds. I really enjoy the whole thing. The music, the vocals, everything. What are your thoughts on this song? You know, and it's funny you should mention operatic, because the dude is a master of rock opera. I mean, there is almost none better. The whole album is just such a great production and awesome. There's really not a whole lot to say about it. It does take a little while to get started, where because when I was listening to it, I hadn't heard it in a long time. I'm like, okay, it's going to come, it's going to come, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there it is. So much like a lot of his other stuff, it does take some time to get moving, but when it does, it just puts the hooks in and doesn't let you go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would recommend it to anybody. All right, so what are you starting with? What 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 hell... Bound song are you taking us on? We're going to go with Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be by ACDC. And I'm not saving ACDC for last, which I'm sure you're a little surprised by. I, I am. Now, and I even wrote here, bet you thought I was going to do Highway to Hell, or Hell's Bells, for that matter. No, I figured you would go deeper than that if you were going to take an ACDC track, just because Hell's Bells, Highway to Hell. Everybody knows. Right. It's just like any like rock. Look at, look at ACDC songs that have the word rock in the title. Oh, yeah. Every album has at least one or two. Now, I'll be honest, I had never heard this song before. Okay. So, but go ahead, do you do your thing, and then I'll talk about it, but... All right, so, ACDC was formed of brothers Malcolm and Angus, which Malcolm recently passed away. Rest in peace. They formed the band in 1973 in Sydney, Australia. They have always been a rock band, but dabble a little bit of everything, including heavy metal, hard rock, and blues rock, which some of their older blues rock is pretty interesting. Their first two studio albums, High Voltage in 1975 and TNT in 1975, February and December respectively, only were released in Australia, and they went five times and nine times platinum. Wow. Now, they didn't release an international album until 1976's High Voltage, which 
included the Australia only songs. So we kind of got a rehash of what they already got. The International High Voltage went triple platinum, and that's pretty much where all the stardom started. Since forming in 1973, they're on their fourth lead singer. First was Dave Evans, who was booted to upgrade to Bon Scott, which who's singing this song. Uh, Scott died from acute alcohol poisoning, leading to Brian Johnson, who was recently forced to leave due to hearing issues and replaced with Axl Rose, who is currently <laughs> heading the band. And speaking of personal hells, that is one of mine. And let's take a look at Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, or listen to, I should say, and then I'll finish up. seem to have an issue with Axl Rose on vocals. You really seem to have an issue with Sammy Hagar on vocals. But I'm getting over it. And I have listened to anything, and so far there's nothing that's changed my mind, because nothing has been good enough to change my mind. Well, they haven't really... They, they, here, here will be the real test. If they release an, an album, album which with Axl on vocals. Because live, give, nobody sounds as good live as they do on the album. I will give it a chance. I'll put it there. I will give it a chance. Is that fair? It's fair. I, uh, I honestly don't see them releasing an album with Axel as the front man. Not with Malcolm passing away soon? No. I mean, he's he was one of the founders, and I don't see it happening. I no, really don't. I, I don't either. But I see another Guns N' Roses album before I see an ACDC album. I think there's a Guns N' Roses album slated for 2020. Case in point. <laughs> now, most fans, myself included, wonder why they'd offer an Axel accepted. Sure, he's got a horrible whale. That's... Not as good as when he was younger, you can admit that. Yeah. I personally just don't think it fits. It's as if Axel was thinking to himself, got nothing else going on. Why don't I find an awesome classic rock band and fuck it up? Whatever. The rest of the band has gone through plenty of other band shakeups, with Angus being the only one that's been there the whole time. ACDC has released 17 studio albums, all of which have gone gold or better. One gold, four platinum, three double platinum, one triple platinum, one quad platinum, Two five platinum, one six, one seven, one nine, and the biggest of all, one that went twenty-two platinum, which is known as double diamond. And do you know which one that is? Oh, you own it. You got it for a dollar. Back in black. Yes. (laughs) I own an ACDC album. No, Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be was off of ACDC's fourth studio album, Let There Be Rock, and was released in nineteen seventy-seven, which was a great year, if you ask me. Of course you think that. Yes. Now, the song is about a woman and how even it's though... It's because she... he escaped the vagina that year. I think I was kicked out more than being escaped. <laughs> the last I time... was evicted. It was the last time you wanted to get out of a vagina. That Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, the song's about a woman and how even though she's wicked, he's okay with it because he digs it and it brings out the devil in me. It isn't one of their lead singles. It can be a bit screechy, but I really like this one. It's... Not even a B side. It's still it's still an A side song, but just not played as often as the other ones are. It's got a really good rock beat, and I just enjoy the song. It's there's really nothing much else to say about it. It's a classic ACDC face melter. It opens with strong guitars and heavy drums. The sound of Angus's guitar are unmistakable. You know, it's it's the classic ACDC sound, and it's there. I think it's fitting that we're doing this song just a few days after Malcolm passed away. As much as a tribute to him as to the genius of ACDC as a unit. Again, I, I think I have to state, I like ACDC, and I have a hard time finding songs that I do not like. This one included. I really enjoyed this song. I, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. All right, well, why don't we move on to our next level of hell? All right. We are doing Burn in Hell by Twisted Sister. Okay. So, a track from Twisted Sister's breakout album, Stay Hungry. Burn in Hell is sung from the perspective of the devil, warning someone that he's going to join him down below if he stays the course. Dee Snyder, who wrote the song, often used dark fantasy as an inspiration. Let's see if you're inspired to burn in hell with this clip.
Twisted Sister was an American heavy metal band originally from Hohokus, New Jersey, and later based in Long Island, New York. Twisted Sister's best-known hits include We're Not Gonna Take It and I Wanna Rock, which had music videos noted for their sense of slapstick humor. Many of the band's songs explore themes of parents versus child, conflicts and criticisms of the educational system, and although the band is often considered glam metal for its image, frontman D. Snyder considers the term to be inappropriate. Though I couldn't find out what he considers them. I, I, I really don't know. The guy's eloquent as hell, though, I'll tell you yeah, why. Yeah, he, he really is. He was one of them that was in the the uh, parental hearings, actually. They picked him because they thought he was going to be a stooge, and he walked circles around Tipper Gore and everyone else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it's actually hilarious to watch. So, Twisted Sister are ranked number 37 in VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of Hard Rock. Like a lot of Twisted Sister, this is good. Pure heavy metal. Now, maybe the word pure is incorrect here, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Legit. Right. It's about taking a trip to the underworld. You're going to burn, baby, burn. I know this may sound silly, but I don't like the link made between rock music and Satanism. It's there, though. That said, songs like this make it easy to make that connection. That said... I really enjoy the song. You know, and I hadn't heard this one before. I oh, mean, really? No, I hadn't heard. I mean, obviously, I've heard the Staples. I've heard their Christmas stuff, which we may get into later because it's goddamn hilarious. Yes, yeah, some of it is. But I hadn't heard this before. In fact, I remember listening to this, and it took a little while to get started. And to me, it kind of had a little bit of an Iron Maiden sound to it. Kind of like a, a Mark of the Beast, Run to the Hills, where it kind of start off and then just kind of starts rolling down the hill, and you don't let it get, it just doesn't stop. D. Snyder's got a great voice for this. I mean, he delivers metal or rock or whatever you want to call it. He actually has a decent voice all around. He can actually sing. He can. And if you've ever seen him out of the makeup, he's, I guess, a really good family man and just a decent guy altogether. I would believe it. And, you know, it's funny you mention about the the Satan and the hell and everything else with rock music. And it's really kind of a generational thing because whatever is unliked by the establishment they're going to try to find something linking up you got something like this where they talk about burning hell you've got the mark of the beast as we just mentioned anything by acdc hell's bells of course they're going to rein in on that right but at the same time there's no reason to do it other than the words of none because you know D is satanism so well, is harry potter right yeah and, and you if you could see the dripping sarcasm here it's it's ridiculous what people think just because of stupid coincidences who knew the color of dripping sarcasm is puce yeah i gotta wipe that up damn it (laughs) all right no it's a good song i enjoyed it um i don't think i've really heard too much of their original stuff as far as like older back i mean but i would give them more of a listen all right fair enough so what do you got we're gonna go a little bit more modern with a little alice in chains now not the porn star alice in chains alice in chains there's a porn star alice in chains there is google it with pictures I'd rather not. (laughs) At work, no less. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll get right on that. (laughs) All right. Now, the song is What the Hell Have I? Alice in Chains guitarist Jerry Cantrell penned the song and was originally supposed to be released on their sophomore album, 1992's Dirt. For whatever reason, it was shelved. We have to fast forward to 1993 and that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Last Action Hero, being released. They needed another good hard rock song, and I say that... There's another one because the soundtrack includes Megadeth, Anthrax, and ACDC already. So Alice in Chains offered up the song, What the Hell Have I? What the Hell Have I has many different ideas and what it means, and no one really knows the right answers. Let's take a listen to What the Hell This Is and make up your own ideas. It's about relationships depression personal reflection hell any of them can be right and i guess it really depends on who listens to it at the time one possible meaning i read that kind of strikes a chord is the idea of the singer himself asking what he's done with his life you know what how could you have done it better you know and jerry Cantrell having real life troubles before he passed it would make a lot of sense if that was indeed what was going on now i really enjoyed the movie Getting back with the last action hero, I think it got a bum deal coming out because it came out at the same time as Cliffhanger, The Firm, Sleepless in Seattle, and that little tiny movie called Jurassic Frickin' Park. 
it was it a great movie no it was funny it had a great cast the cameos were amazing and the soundtrack was awesome i have to say this what the hell have i is one of my favorite alice in chain songs and they've got a lot of really good music and the very beginning gives you an idea what you're getting into it kind of has a sitar guitar mix and that kind of reeled me in from right there and just didn't let me go so that's how i feel about that one well this is one of them that we're going to disagree on hated it didn't you i didn't hate it but I'm, well, I wasn't familiar with the song before listening to it. I actually listened to it two or three times while I was doing this. Okay. I was not, am not a huge Alice in Chains fan. But that said, this song kind of confuses me. Okay. Well, not the song, but the fact that you picked it. It just doesn't seem like a song. Like my style of music? Right. It, it just doesn't seem like it was something that you would really enjoy. I know I didn't enjoy it. You know, and if I didn't do something like this, I wouldn't be keeping on your toes. But you just you just said a few minutes ago that you enjoyed this song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just, it it blows my mind that you enjoy the song. That said, you know, more power to you. That, that's the way we look at this. I, I don't like the song, but you like the song? Just don't turn it on while we're driving together. <laughs> there you go. We'll make sure that it doesn't come on our playlist when we're driving a game hole next time. Right, exactly. So, what do you got next? All right, so up next, I've got... Born to Raise Hell is a song by the British heavy metal band Motorhead. Originally written by Lemmy for the German band Skew Siskin, it plays over the opening credits of the 1994 film Airheads, in which Lemmy makes a cameo appearance. The song was released as a single in November 1994, featuring Lemmy, Ice-T, and Whitfield Crane. The single features a radio edit, the original Bastards album version, and the Dust Brothers live and funky mix. A special 12-inch vinyl picture disc pressing was made, using the same picture as the CD single release. This version was recorded in addition to the previous recordings of Hellraiser and Hell on Earth as a last-minute job to play over the end credits of Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth, although it didn't appear on the film's original soundtrack album. At the 2016's Bloodstock Open Air Festival, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, formerly the Phil Campbell All-Star Band, Covered the track with guest vocalist from Twisted Sisters, Dee Snyder, as a tribute to Lemmy. Who did they piss off? They were the all-star band, now they're the Bastard Sons. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you guys. You're the Bastard Sons now. <laughs> were you born to raise hell? Motorhead were an English rock band formed in June 1975 by bassist, singer, and songwriter Ian Fraser Lemmy Kilmister, who was the sole constant member, guitarist Larry Wallace and drummer Lucas Fox. The band are often considered a precursor to the new wave of British heavy metal, which re-energized heavy metal in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Though several guitarists and drummers have played in Motorhead, most of their best-selling albums and singles feature... The work of Fast Eddie Clark on guitar and Phil Filthy Animal Tyler on drums. Motorhead released 22 studio albums, 10 live recordings, 12 compilation albums, and 5 EPs over a career spanning 40 years. Usually a power trio, they had a particular success in the early 1980s with several successful singles in the UK Top 40 chart. The albums Overkill, Bomber, Ace of Spades, and particularly No Sleep Till Hammersmith cemented Motorhead's reputation as their top-tier rock band. The band are ranked number 26 on VH1's 100's Greatest Artists of Hard Rock. As of 2016, they have sold more than 15 million albums worldwide. Lemmy's distinct vocals and the addition of Ice-T and others are always enjoyable. Ice-T, more than a rapper, can actually sing pretty well. The energy of this metal song is over the top and a bit of a face-melter guitar solo around the three-minute mark. Great music, and who doesn't want to raise a little hell? Lou? Yeah. Lemmy belts it out like everything he does. You know, I mean, Motorhead is not known for being ballady. They're not known for being soft rock. They are known for basically punching you in the testicles and saying, this is rock and roll, goddammit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already talked about this, but King of Kings, the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lemmy just does it, man. It was such a shame when he passed away. Although as hard drinking and hard smoking as the guy was, 
I'll be honest, I'm surprised he lasts as long as he did. Yeah, there's, there's an argument there. Now, the song itself, it sounds a bit more pop and less metal than a lot of it, in my ears at least, but it's still a fun song. I enjoyed it. So I would definitely recommend this one to anybody who is into Motorhead, or even if you're not into them, give it a try. You might like this better. Yeah, it would be a good intro, intro song into Motorhead. That, that's a good way to put it, I would think. Work your way up, because it only gets harder from here. Yeah, you're not going to want to start with, like, Ace of Spades or something, because that one's just going to tear your ears out. Yeah, so, what do you got next, man? We're going to go with Hell on Heels by the Pistol Annies. Now, this is a supergroup, a country supergroup, no less. Formed in 2011, and were comprised of Miranda Lambert, formerly Mrs. Blake Shelton, songwriter Ashley Moore, and singer-songwriter Angelina Presley, spelled A-N-G-A-L-E-E-N-A. Any relation to the king? I don't know. I would I would disavow it if they spell their name like that. <laughs> In any respect, they all gave themselves Annies to work with. Uh, Lambert was Lone Star Annie, Monroe was Hippie Annie, and Presley was Holler Annie, kind of like the Donnas did. And I think a few other bands have done that as well. They released their debut album, Hell on Heels, the same year as Inception, which was the 2011, if you weren't paying attention, where it went gold in the U.S. and peaked at number one on the U.S. country charts. Let's go ahead and throw a little hell on heels. You know, another group that you were saying, groups that kind of took names? The Wilburys. The Ramones. Oh, that's right. Remember we... We, we, we didn't know that they were named, actually wasn't Ramone. Right, yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't think about it just till just now. Um, their follow-up, Annie Up, released in 2013, peaked at number two, and they've been nominated for four country awards, but fell short every time, and <laughs> just wait till you hear this. I thought this was hilarious. 2011, the American Country Award for New Artist of the Year was lost to Scotty McCready. 2012 CMT Award Video of the Year Hell on Heels lost to Lady Annabellum's We Own the Night. 2012's Breakthrough Video of the Year was lost to Scotty McCreary's Trouble with Girls. And 2013 CMT Group of the Year for Taken Pills was lost to Lady Annabellum's Downtown. Oh my god. So it would seem that the Pistol Annies are Scotty McCreary and Lady Annabellum's bitch. Yeah, kind of. Because that's all they ever lose to. Hell on Heels, per Miranda Lambert, is about real issues women deal with. The band is about empowering women and talking about things no one is actually saying. I don't know about all that, but it sounds like a Black Widow gold digger to me. It's The singer talks about all the stuff she's gotten from exes and how she's out to, quote, break me a million hearts as well as looking for a sugar daddy. I can ap- not really appreciate the message, and but I'm not naive enough to think it doesn't happen because it does a lot. It's deplorable, but... At least she's honest and upfront about it. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not like I I love you finger fingers behind the back. It's just like you know, I'm gonna get something out of it, and you're gonna like it. If you go for that thing, great. If good for you. It was a decent country song, as far as country songs go. I can see why it may have lost out, but it's not bad. I had never heard of the Pistol Annies or the song before we started doing this. It's an all-female country group. I like the groove this song has. I am surprised, however, that you picked this song. I still find it funny that when we started doing this, you were all like, I don't like country music. And yet you constantly bring country music to the list. I picked it because of the artist. I like the name of Pistol Annie's. That aside, I love this song, and I'm going to go check out more Pistol Annie's. Because unlike you, I can embrace my redneck roots, and I enjoy country music. Oh, I'm redneck in a whole bunch of different ways, just not with this. <laughs> So what do you got next, then? Well, actually, it's kind of serendipitous, because we always have our list in the order that we're going to do it in. And I thought, as I was putting this together, I'm like, this would be really cool if we did these songs back-to-back. So my next song is Hell on High Heels. It's a single by the American heavy metal band Motley Crue, released as the first single on the 2000 album New Tattoo, which was a horrible album. A very, very bad album. (laughs) The song charted at number 13 on the mainstream rock charts, This is Motley Crue's first single with Randy Castillo on drums. Hell on High Heels? Sounds like it's time for a clip. 
you can tell by the segue how he, what he thinks of the song, apparently. <laughs> this is the first animated Motley Crue video. No, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, but that's the way it seemed to me, at least. It starts off with the words, Motley Crue's History of Mankind in the Sky. It then pans down to a scene which features Nikki Six holding a sign that says 20,000 BC and a caveman eating a fish. Then throws the fish at a cavewoman, causing the two to have sex. Is that not the strangest, like, courtship ever? If only that's how it worked. I would have a fish tank. No shit. <laughs> Next, Mick Mars is, holds a sign that says, Bio-Wench Day, A.D. 79, which features an ancient Roman man who falls in love with a sexy woman who turns into the devil. Then the cavewoman drops a boulder on the caveman's head as blood splatters. Yes, it is this disjointed. I don't feel bad that I missed this. As the first chorus starts, the woman changes into herself and to the devil. Mick Mars gives the devil woman a cigarette that has the caveman and the Roman guy in it, and then she lights it and smokes it. Randy Castillo appears with a sign saying, Saigon, 1969. A soldier having a nap on the beach falls off his chair and is about to fire his gun. He sees a pretty woman and gives her a $20 bill. Vince Neal appears holding a sign with Washington, D.C., present day. A woman waits in front of the White House. She sees the president's car. She walks in and sits beside the president, and he laughs at her underpants down. It is a caricature of Bill Clinton. Okay. She takes the president's pants off. Then the soldier and the woman from the beach scene have sex as the soldier smokes. The woman puts a grenade in his mouth, and the beach cabin blows up. Towards the end of the video, the devil woman kills all the band members and mounts their heads. At the end of the video, all the band members' bodies disappear... The video was banned from MTV because of its gory content and the scenes where the devil woman is nude and the scenes where the president holds a penis. He's got this big, pink, vibrating dildo in the video. To date, this is Motley Crue's fourth music video to be banned from MTV, following Girls, 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 You're All I Need, and Misunderstood. A censored version aired on MTV even though the gore was still seen. Motley Crue was an American heavy metal band formed in Los Angeles, California. I learned last night that they disbanded in 2015. Officially? Officially. The group was founded by bass guitarist Nikki Six and drummer Tommy Lee, lead singer Vince Neil, and lead guitarist Mick Mars. Motley Crue has sold more than 100 million records worldwide, including 25 million albums in the United States, making it one of the best-selling bands of all time. Honestly, not a fan of the song. The video is pretty bad, and the song doesn't make much sense. Not a lot to say about this, but I'd call this a crew dog. Lou? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I My ears hurt from listening to the description of that video. That just sounds atrocious. It is, but you should watch it once. Okay. Um, I've watched the Girls, Girls, Girls Uncensored one, and that's something to behold. Yeah, the other ones that have been banned from, from MTV, probably worth watching. This now, one? No. A Motley Crue song that's about women and or sex? No way! Right? Never happens! It's got a good beat, but it just seemed restrained. It's like they were holding back for some reason. Like they Because forgot it's how a it, shit-ass song. It's like they forgot how to rock anymore. And at this juncture, maybe they had, or maybe they're just phoning it in. Maybe they're like, oh, Tommy Lee's not here anymore. Screw it. We're not doing this anymore. Because that's kind of how it felt. They were, yeah, they new, were giving up. Well, you know, I bought New Tattoo because I like Motley Crue. I bought it pretty much sight on scene, you know? And I was disappointed. You know, and we have differing opinions. I mean, I like the Motley Crue stuff, although I know you like Home Sweet Home. Can't stand that song, for example. It's overplayed, and it's boring. I know this is not the song we're talking about, but that one, again, also seemed schmaltzy, and that's what they were trying for. And New Tattoo sounds like they were just... Trying to fulfill an obligation of the record Yeah, company. it was almost like they phoned in the whole damn album. Yeah, and it like, well, we've got a contract that says we have to do one more, so let's just give them a shit on a platter and call it a... Let's find the 12 songs that we never wanted to do before. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this so is a pass overall, for me. I think, yeah, this is a pass for both of us. What do you got next? We're going to go with a little Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers by ZZ Top. Dusty Hill, Billy Gibbons, and Frank Beard, ironically the only one who's clean-shaven... Make up the Southern Rock Trio ZZ Top. Forming in 1969, Gibbons worked with Lanier Gregg and Dan Mitchell. The name was derived from B.B. King and ZZ Hill. They were going to call it ZZ King, but they figured it sounded too similar, so they went with ZZ Top because they're going to be because King is going to the top. 
Grieg was later replaced in 1969 with Billy Etheridge, a bandmate of Stevie Ray Vaughan, and Mitchell was tossed aside for Frank Beard. U.S. record companies didn't care for the style and didn't want to sign the band, which is why they went to London Records. They offered, they took it. Etheridge said he didn't want to sign a recording contract, so they kicked him out, and in came Dusty Hill. They signed with London in 1970, and the rest is history. Let's listen up about some beer drinkers and hellraisers. One thing I found interesting is that other than that first year, they've never changed their lineup. Oh, really? Yes, they're actually the longest-running American band with no member changes since 1970, and that's amazing. Yeah, that's 30, 47 years. Right, and they still tour, they still record. Their first album, ZZ Top's first album, creative, right? Released in 1971, peaked at 201 on the chart. So, barely. Yeah, yeah. And let's see here... Since then, they've released 14 other albums, nine of which going gold or better, including 1983's Eliminator that went diamond, and 44 singles. ZZ Top and their Beards are still recording, as we mentioned, and Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers came off their third album, Trace Hombres. It's little more than a song about a rowdy night out for a modern-day cowboy. Sure, if you read into it, there's innuendo about a guy trying to get laid, but whatever. A lot of their songs have innuendo. I mean, <laughs> Pearl Necklace, Tube Snake Boogie, I mean, come on. I love that Dusty sang lead, and they went back and forth because I think he has a really good voice. I just enjoy the song because it's a fun song and the great instrumental work that goes on with it. That's just, there's nothing else for me to say. Fair enough. So, I had never heard this song, but the opening licks definitely told me I was listening to ZZ Top. They have a sound. Mm -hmm. Like, every good band that's been around for a while, they have a sound. The boys put up a very good rock song. They're a very solid band, but other than the heavy airplay songs of ZZ Top, I never really got into the band. I really enjoy this song, and I enjoy the music and vocals. Solid song. I really don't have much more to say about it. And the fact, what I love, and this is one of the things I really, really enjoy about doing the podcast, is when I hear a band that I know about, and I thought I knew everything, and then all of a sudden I hear a new song, I'm like, holy crap, how did I miss that one? That's a good song. Yep. So, I mean, I know you've done that to me a couple times. I've done that for you a couple times. And, hey, as, as long as we keep doing that, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why don't you pick up the next one? All right, I will do so. Run Like Hell is a song by the English progressive rock band Pink Floyd, written by David Gilmore and Roger Waters. It appears on the album The Wall. It was released as a single in 1980. The song is written from the narrative point of view of anti-hero Pink, an alienated and bitter rock star. During a hallucination in which he becomes a fascist dictator and turns a concert audience into an angry mob. The lyrics are explicitly threatening, directed at the listener, one, one with a empty smile and a hungry heart. Dirty feelings and a guilty past, nerves and tatters, as hammers batter down your door. Even the act of sexual intercourse is doomed, for if they catch you in the backseat trying to pick her locks, the results will be fatal. Although the lyric, You Better Run Like Hell, appears twice in the liner notes, the title is never actually sung. And I took the time and I, I, I watched the lyric video. Mm -hmm. It is not. Yeah, there's a lot of songs. In fact, I think one of mine is just like that as well. So each verse simply concludes with, You Better Run. Let's run like hell into this clip. Floyd were an English band formed in London in 1965. They achieved international acclaim with their progressive and psychedelic music. Distinguished by their use of philosophical lyrics, sonic experimentation, extended compositions, and elaborate live shows, they are one of the most commercially successful and influential groups in popular music history. Classic Pink Floyd. Enjoyable, slightly strange music. This one makes me want to run 
run to the volume control and turn it up. You know what I'm saying? I do. In fact, it's funny because when I first saw this title, I'm like, what song is this? I did not know the song. And then when it started with that opening little echo thing that it yep. did, I'm you're like, like, oh, yeah, that oh, one. Oh, I know that song. It comes off of the must-own double disc, The Wall, which, I'll be honest, was not the first thing I burned a copy of it, legally, of course, because I bought it later. I had the one that everybody else in the world has, which is Dark, Dark Side, Side of the, the Moon. Moon, which I think, wasn't that one still in the charts? Uh, it was on the charts for like 200 and some odd weeks. weeks. It was just amazing. And yeah, it ended up being like over the... 13 years it was on the charts. Right, and I don't know if it still is or not. But I don't think so. It's a great song. Great band. I can't listen to too much of them, though, because a lot of their stuff kind of fades together. Yeah, it's very experimental. It's very psychedelic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some night we'll drop acid and listen. But other than that, you're right. You can't listen to it for a long time. No, I mean, I'm, I'll am i be intrigued. I'm, I'm interested in, or I'll be interested in doing the Wizard of Oz thing that everybody's talked about. But maybe that's, time for, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> maybe. All right. I'm going to go with the next one with Give You Hell by All-American Rejects. Now, the All-American Rejects formed in 1999 in Oklahoma, of all places. Really? Yeah. Oklahoma. Exactly. The The Sooners! Woo! Go Sooners! (laughs) The band consists of Nick Wheeler, Tyson Ritter, Mike Kennedy, and Chris Gaynor. Wheeler and Ritter do all the songwriting. Wheeler composes. Ritter does the words. Ritter and Wheeler were still in high school when the band started. They sent an EP to Doghouse Records. The story goes that somebody threw it in the garbage, but an intern saved it and showed it to the label owner who said, okay, we're going to sign them. If that's not like perfect uh, serendipity, what is? Yeah, yeah. Now, their self-titled first studio album was released in 2002, peaking at 25 in the U.S. charts and has since gone double platinum. Since then, they've released three other albums, two of which have gone platinum. In July of 2017, there were rumblings of a fifth studio album that would be coming out, finger quotes, later in the year. Well, they best get on it because it's pretty damn close to the year being over. Let's take a look at what gives you hell. They're still touring, but I will admit, I don't really look for them. I've not really heard of them. I guess so I'm assuming that they're still touring. But uh, regarding the song Give You Hell, the songwriter Ritter stated it's about an asshole. A dude who will never know it's about him. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of looking at someone you hate, whether it's your mom, why he would say your mom, for some reason, or it's your teacher or your boss at work. It's just someone who makes you struggle, and it's giving them the finger. (laughs) I love that explanation. (laughs) I enjoy the song regardless of what the message is or is not supposed to be, and even though it got way too much radio play, it's a good song. It's upbeat, and that's all i got to say about that. I, I will give you that it got way too much radio play. <laughs> okay. When I, first, when I first saw the name of the song, I'm like, is that the one? And then I started listening to it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I actually really enjoy this song. Okay. It always feels like a millennial song to me, and since you said it came out in 99... Makes sense. Ding, 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 ding. That said, I really like it. I don't have a ton to say, but I will take my hits from you guys for trashing this type of music most of the time and now saying I enjoy this. So, Lou, go ahead. Give give me help. You know what? Here's the thing. There are one-offs. Everybody has a one-off. This is one of yours. Yeah, I would say so. So, uh, before any, any more damage can be done, what do you have next? Up next, I actually had a hard time deciding what order to do these songs in. Okay. The last two I have left. However, I went with Raise Hell by Dorothy. Dorothy is an American rock band from Los Angeles, California, formed in 2014. The band consists of vocalist Dorothy Martin, drummer Jason Gansberg, guitarist Nick Maybury, Eli Wolfmeiser, and bassist Elliot Larongo. They released their first project, a self-entitled EP, in 2014. Rolling Stone deemed them a band you need to know and named them number 14 of their 50 best new artists of 2014. Let's raise a little hell and listen to this clip.
Now, there isn't much about this song on the internet. So, we're just going to go with my thoughts here. First, I want to thank our listener Dawn for introducing us to yet another rocking girly rock band. Absolutely. Props for Dawn, even though I hate the word props. So you're... I'm anti-props, but kudos to Dawn. There you go. There we go. That's better than props. I can say now that I have revised my thoughts about girl-led rock bands. It you, ha- you didn't do that when we first started talking that? Well, yes and no. It's like, t- what was that, episode two? But I have to state, though, you still just got to find the right band. This song rocks at the core. It's about just having a little fun and raising a little hell. And who doesn't want to do that? The music is perfect fit for the vocals. Dorothy has a wonderfully raspy voice, and I really enjoy listening to her sing. I have to check out more of more than just this song, but I love this one so much, I just got to keep listening. Lou? You know, and it's it's almost a country pop song. That's kind of the way I heard it. More in the pop, less in the country, but it's got a tiny bit of twang. She's got an awesome voice. I will give you that. She's got great voice. She's got excellent energy. And I would say, I'll bet you she puts on a killer show. I would think so. I think that would be a fun-ass concert to go to. And did you did you happen to watch the video of this? I did not because I was in too much of a time crunch to actually edit the music. But I can go back because it's yeah. in my history. You you definitely need to go back and listen to this. Watch to, the video. Or watch this video. Okay. It is an amazing way. I want to. I want my Thanksgiving every year to be like this video. Oh, nice. Well, how about this? Why don't we keep checking out the uh, like Ticketmaster and stuff, and we can find them locally to go to. We'll see them. I would be totally down with that. Perfect. And we'll drink Dawn with us. The Yeah, hey, if you're listening, let us know. Hey, or if you know where she's playing. Let us know. Let us know, because it's worth a road trip. Yeah, we'd even come by and pick you up. You just have to buy your own ticket. I think that's a fair trade. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and now this one, I'm going to use this turn just because of what you let in with, and that's Raise a Little Hell by Trooper. All right. And I can tell by your body language that you had no idea what the song was. Never heard of it. (laughs) Trooper's a Canadian rock band, which is probably why you hadn't heard of it, that formed in 1975 of Ra McGuire, Brian Smith, Go-Go, that's all they put for the dude's name is Go-Go, Scott Brown, and Clayton Hill. McGuire and Smith were initially in a band called Winter's Green, and in early 70s, the name was changed to Applejack. Touring almost exclusively in BC, which is British Columbia for those non-Canadians out there, you make it sound like you're a... I've been accused many times, and actually I have a Canadian flag hanging because of the accent. What accent? You get me a little bit of liquor in my system and everything's out and about with my shoes, eh? In any respect, Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive signed him to his legend label where they changed their name to Trooper. Let's go ahead and raise a little hell and take a listen to this one. Don't like what you got. Why don't you change it? If your world is all screwed. Now, they released their self-titled debut in 1975 to Little Fanfare, reaching 60 on the Canadian charts. They moved to MCA and released their first MCA album, Two for the Show, in 1976, which peaked much lower, number 80, but has gone on to Platinum in Canada, which is kind of interesting. It, it peaked lower, but sold more. Yeah, that's, that's odd, but... They continue to tour and record, mostly in the U.S. and Canada, releasing albums occasionally and are still active. Trooper has released nine studio albums, five of which have gone gold or platinum in Canada, the most recent being 10 in 1991. Raise a Little Hell comes off of 1978's Thick as Thieves album and is the Canadian band's only song to hit the U.S. Hot 100. Off of nine albums, one U.S. hit. Might be part of the reason I've never heard them. Could very well be. Now, the song is a great anthem about fighting complacency and going for it. Don't like your situation, don't puss out, and just sit there, raise a little hell and change it. It, it just gets me going. I listen to this one, and it's not quite as I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister with, like, raising your hand and everything, but this one just kind of gets your blood pumping a bit, to me at least. It's just a fun song and almost a little bit motivational uh, from, I personally believe, a far underappreciated band. Fair enough. Now, I said, and this was before I knew what year this song came out in, I said, I got a definite 70s vibe. Though from the way the lyrics are put together, I would assume this would be a much newer song. So you're kind of right on both accounts. Yeah. So it was a 70s song, but the, it, lyrically it sounded more modern than a classic 70s song. It did sound like an older version of the All-American Rejects song that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, kind of. 
It it definitely feels 70s, though. I, I don't know how I feel about this song overall. I think I have to listen to more Trooper and develop a real definite thought about the band as a whole. But overall, I wouldn't say it's a bad song. It, it's piqued my interest enough to want to go listen to Give other Give another stuff. shot. Yeah. You know, and this is one of those that when I lived in Iowa, the classic rock station down there used to play all the time because every classic rock station has kind of their staple of off, like, unknown things. Like, up here, you'd hear some bands that on any other classic rock station, they'll never play. But then down there, they play things like Kim Mitchell, which we'll go into that song later if we can, because I love this song that I'm thinking about. Slade and Trooper and things like that, which I never heard on the radio up here, but down there, they played it pretty often. So I guess that is one of the benefits of living all over and listening to different stations, is because you hear stuff you'll never hear local. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. So, So... What's your last one? All right, I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap up with a little country music here. It's "Whiskey Bent and Hellbound" by Hank Williams Jr. Bocephus. It's a great song about regretting getting drunk and cheating on his wife, but under the surface, it's revealed that the pain that causes him to drink is from the loss of his dad. That would be very hard on anybody. It's made unbearable to hear his dad pouring out his heart in songs like "It's So Lonesome I Can Cry" or "Your Cheating Heart." Well, especially if you're named after the guy. Well, let's get hellbound. Put a cold one in my hand. Cause you know I love to hear those guitar sounds. Don't you play, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Cause I'll get all balled up inside. And I'll get. think we should get whiskey bent actually if i had to make the choice but i i might agree with you there but again the song doesn't have a lot of info on it though the album of the same name whiskey bent and hellbound did make the list from rolling stones of 50 country albums every rock fan should own this 1980s release is a great look at the start of the rebel country beginnings as all of you know i love the music of hank jr he is a great what i would call crossover artist I'd agree with that. He's rock. He's country. He's Bocephus, man. This is a song of infidelity, but he's still feeling bad about it, and this causes him to drink to forget. The steel guitar and the voice of Hank make me a happy guy on this song. Lou? You know, whereas the last few Hank Jr. songs we've listened to are more rock than country, um, this one absolutely is more on the country area. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, The fiddle, the steel guitar, it's, I mean, there's no arguments about this one. I, just like we did last time with happy songs, not sure how this one can make you happy, but I'm guessing it's because it's an artist you like, and that's why you're happy, not because of the content. Not the content so much as just... It's a Hank song. Well, it's a Hank song. I love the sound of a steel guitar. It depends on how it's used, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, and that's, even in a lot of country music after 1960, you don't hear the steel guitar very often. Unless it's a ballad. Eh, Sometimes. Right. But in this song, it's it's very prominent, mm-hmm. and and I just really enjoy it. Now, to me, it almost seemed like a almost a tribute to Hank Senior because of how much he's mentioned. It's, it is talking about how he missed him and everything else. But it, even though it's about cheating or whatever the hell it is about, it still mentions him enough to think that he's obviously thinking about his dad. So Absolutely. It, I personally think it is a bit of a tribute. It's a decent song, but I probably would skip it for a more upbeat one. Fair enough. All right, man, round us out. All right, we're going to round it out with probably one of the longest band like song titles that I've seen in... In the history of the fucking world. <laughs> now, the song title is Slim Pickens Does the Right Thing and Rides the Bomb to Hell by The Offspring. Now, would you put it beyond The Offspring to do something wacky and name a song like this? No, not at all. Because if you've listened to any of the other stuff or whatever, they're always trying to do something out of the ordinary. Punk rock band The Offspring formed in 1983, initially being called Maniac Subsidal. The first lineup was Brian Dexter Holland, Greg Creasel, Kevin Noodles Wasserman, and James Lilsha. Supposedly, Noodles was asked to join because he was old enough to get booze for the rest of the underage band. That makes sense to me. That is awesome, by the way. And that is totally metal, if you think about it. They changed their name to The Offspring in 1986 and released their debut, the self-titled studio album, the Offspring in 1989 to very little fanfare. They really didn't get into mainstream success until their third album, Smash, which has the singles Come Out and Play, You Gotta Keep Them Separated, Self-Esteem, and Gotta Get Away. You know, let's pretend we're Slim Pickens and 
Ride that bomb straight to hell. Slim Pickens, well, he does the right thing, and he rides up on the hell, yeah, he rides up on the hell. Watch the bulls and quickens after every little sting. If you're gonna go to hell, drink it up, you might as well. Are you really gonna take it like that? Riding on a missile with the cowboy hat, and I, I well, the world is gonna end. So dance around the fire that we once believed in. I, I wanna tear it down again now. Cause there's nothing left for us to be. Give it up, the sons of anarchy. So come around and have a They've continued to record and tour with the most recent album being the parent album of this song, their ninth studio album, 2012's Days Go By. They're currently working on a new one that's set to drop sometime in 2018, and unlike one of those prior artists, they're actually honest about what year it's supposed to release. And the lineup, it really hasn't changed very much. Um, the only position that really keeps changing is the drummer. Currently, Pete Prada is behind the kit. Since inception, they've released nine studio albums, seven of which have gone gold or better with 34 singles. The song is an interesting one. Um, the title is referenced to the iconic scene in the Stanley Kubrick movie, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, where Major TJ King Kong, played by Slim Pickens, rides a nuke down to his demise, hooting and hollering the whole time. Regardless if you've seen this movie, you've seen the scene. Period. Holland explained that the idea of the song was that the world is going to hell, so let's have a drink and watch it burn. <laughs> it sounds like a party to me. Yeah. Um, Noodles added that Slim Pickens' reference was just to add a comedic element to the song and just to kind of make the tone a little bit lighter. Now, just by thinking of the song reference, it makes me grin, and the song, just like much of Offspring's other stuff, is thrashy punk. I like it. I really don't have a hell of a lot to say about it. That's, I enjoyed it. So I wrote, it is definitely an Offspring song. <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no double guessing that. I have a love-hate relationship with the Offspring. Okay. I love some of their music. And I hate the fact that it all sounds the same. We could have an episode about all songs sounding the same by an artist, Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, exactly. But the lyrical uh, put together on the song, they're humorous, they're enjoyable, and some of them are downright corny. Oh, yeah. I love it, and I have to agree with the offspring and say that, burn, baby, burn. Let the motherfucker burn. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm guessing that you enjoyed the song? I did. I really did enjoy this one. All right, very good. So, that is our roundup of hell. But before we go too much further, let's finish up with our, I almost said security question. No, because we're not trying to steal your identity. We are trying to do some trivia. There we go. All right. So, reminder, the question was, Jack Black and Kyle Gass had a rock battle against Satan in the Tenacious D movie, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Who played Satan? Dave Grohl. And you are correct, which actually, I believe, puts you at seven and five. Seven and six. Seven and six, okay. So, I think it's announcement time. What do you think? I would agree. Why don't you kick that off? Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. All right. So, like we say every week, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, or you hated this episode or any of our other, other episodes, feel free to drop us a line. There's a few ways you can do that. First of all, you can reach out to us at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Drop us an email. We'll get back to you. Otherwise, if you're more into the uh, social media kind of thing, you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenged Podcast. Either way, again, drop us a line. We'll get back to you. And, of course, now we're on the Twatter. What you're doing after the podcast is none of my business, but for Twitter, if you'd like, now we are on there at mcpodcast17 if you want to get in touch with us. That's MC with the letters, not E-M-C-E-E, like I'm the MC of this program because I certainly am not. If you want to send us a message, send us a playlist, 14 songs, 14 different artists. If you want to have a theme, that's great. If you don't, that's all well and good too. Just make sure that we have the ability to get it. So if it's a song that is so far out there that you're literally the only person that owns a copy of it, we're going to have a hard time with that. Yeah. Now, we've done four of these already. Mm-hmm. And we've got two more in the hoppers for after the new year. Absolutely. And um, I bet you we can probably talk to uh, Mr. Scott about possibly doing one, too. I would think so. So, But, yes, so those of you, if you're listening to this, who are in said hopper, we are going to get to you. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And just keep an ear out. And we'll get you going. All right. So, once again, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.
You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.